Hello and welcome to the Thriving on Purpose broadcast. My name is Sebastian Richard. Thank you for joining me tonight for this broadcast. Um, so tonight is going to be uh, different than what you're used to on my part as a broadcast. Uh, as you probably know, we as a church, the Church of Jesus Christ all over the world is going through some very, very difficult times. And um, in the last week, uh, in America, we weren't spared. We lost uh, two very influential and mighty men of God. Um, we we suffered the passing of Rob Skiba, uh, who's a man I greatly admired and followed for many years, and also Russ Dizdar. And um, that uh, brought back to me, um, since I admired these two men for their boldness, and their fearlessness in the face of uh, sharing things that sometimes could be controversial. Um, it brought back to me a prophetic word that I shared on our website, thrivingonpurpose.com, on November 18th, 2020. And uh, the Lord brought it back to my heart. Uh, I had shared it as a blog post initially. Um, and um, uh, it, it, it it was found by a few people here and there, but uh, he brought it back to me. And um, tonight what I'm going to do is I'm going to reshare it with you guys in uh, broadcast slash podcast format. So it was written down. It was a long, long blog post I uh, had written down as um, that was titled um what the Lord is saying to the seven churches of America. So the title was to the seven churches of America. And uh, what I'm going to do is, like I said, it's not a usual broadcast. I'm going to be reading it to you because I want to make sure I don't add to it. Uh, I want to make sure I represent it the way, the exact way that I had written it. And the reason for that is because uh, it was a difficult message that the Lord had put on my heart at the time, and I didn't know how to present it at the time, and I wrestled with it. I wrestled with the word a lot. I rewrote it a couple of times, a few times, and until I had a version that I was at peace with in the blog post. Uh, so that version is the version that I want to share with you guys tonight. It is a very urgent message uh, for the church for the seven churches or seven uh, Christian movements in America. So as you'll witness, as you'll see, as I share it, these are not seven typical quote unquote churches, like in the seven churches of Revelation, but they're more like uh, Christian uh, movements or groups of people within America. So I'm going to be reading. So, uh, this is the way I'm going to share it. If you feel like this is not dynamic enough, I'm sorry. I know usually I teach differently. I do read my stuff, but I do engage a little bit more with the audience. This is not going to be the case tonight. Tonight is a very, um, tonight's broadcast is the most solemn and sobering broadcast or teaching I've ever shared on Thriving on Purpose. So I hope uh, that you uh, you can appreciate that. So I'm going to be reading, like I said, what Jesus is saying to the West's main Christian movements. Preamble. Before I begin sharing what the Lord showed me for this season and for this hour concerning the seven churches of America, i.e. the West's seven main faith niches or movements, I just want to say, I have wrestled over, prayed, and greatly pondered over what you are about to hear. To be honest, although I knew the insight itself came directly from the Lord in the form of a powerful download, I had no clue how to present it. Should I write a booklet? Should I make a YouTube video? An article on Facebook? After much deliberation about these things, I finally opted for a blog post format, but I wasn't out of the woods yet. I knew the message weighing on my spirit was God-given. I had no doubt about that. 
but it wasn't dictated verbatim to me. I didn't get an angelic visitation along with a vision like John did for the book of Revelation. I didn't get it through a prophetic dream. I didn't hear every single word in my spirit. And yet, throughout the whole process, I knew that the Lord's mind and heart resonated from the midst of this message that was impressed upon me. I also knew the time had come for me to be obedient and put it out there. I did so with fear and trembling. With that, I launched myself into putting out my first draft of this blog post. And, well, it was a train wreck. This was due to my inexperience in dealing with prophetic insights or words. You see, still unsure about how to present it, I wrote it as if I was some kind of old-school biblical prophet with a thus saith the Lord tone. This, obviously, was a mistake. It just felt wrong. I knew it didn't sit well with my soul and especially with the Lord. I knew it wouldn't sit well with my readers either. Not wanting to misrepresent him, or to portray myself as having the office of a prophet, I knew I needed to get back to the drawing board, so I did. I further wrestled with this word, and especially with how to present it. I pleaded with God to show me. I asked for his wisdom. And finally, with my, to my great joy and relief, his answer came. Some of you might have uh, read the works of Og Mendino or Neil Donald Walsh, and more recently, Sarah Young, the author of Jesus Calling. I could also add to that list uh, Thomas A. Kempis, the writer of The Imitation of Christ. Now, if you are familiar with these works, you'll get the gist of the way I wrote this blog. By the way, this is by no means an endorsement of their writings. I disagree with some of what they wrote, sometimes even strongly. However, these books are written, yes, in the first person, as if the Lord himself were speaking directly. And although the words in their books possess a strong voice, they are not usually considered to bear prophetic authority by New, St New Testament standards. I knew this is how I should write it as well. Now, are the words of these authors impactful? Definitely. Are they inspirational? For sure. Are they transformational? Absolutely. Are they prophetic? It depends on the reader, his circumstances, and his outlook. Like any prophetic word in this day and age, this one... This one, too, will have to be tested. The scripture tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5, 19-21, Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. And so it is that the impact of this prophetic blog post that I'm reading tonight will depend on you. Dear listener, it will be determined by how you receive it and process it in the spirit. Furthermore, what is presented here might be perceived by some as offensive, even judgmental. These are not lovey-dovey words of affirmation. There is not much ear-tickling going on here. Are the words written in love? Yes. I could feel that throughout, but they, needed, but they needed to carry much tough love. The Lord made that clear to me as I was writing. Now, as a writer, I don't consider myself anywhere near the stratosphere of the aforementioned authors. Nevertheless, this revelatory word is intended to be read in similar fashion, or in this case, listened to in similar fashion. It is prophetic in nature, revelatory, inspirational, transformational, and yet 
It is not the words of someone operating in the office of a prophet, for I am not one. Again, I am not, nor have I ever called myself a prophet. I am just a fellow kingdom citizen, a believer in the Most High, a son of God, a Bible teacher, and a servant of the King of Kings. Nonetheless, this message weighed heavily, heavily on my spirit. It needed to be birthed at this time. I do consider this word to be prophetic in nature and potentially very powerful for the church. It was so for me. Also, note that although what you're about to hear bears some striking resemblance to the second and third chapters of the book of Revelation, in which Jesus spoke to the seven churches, I am not trying to add to the book of Revelation, which stands forever as Holy Scripture and as his holy word. The message Jesus gave to the seven churches of Revelation stands forever and is still relevant and powerful today. So this message I received from the Lord is for the seven churches of America, also known as Christian movements in America. Without a doubt, it also applies to Canada and the Western Christian world in general. What I am sharing here is good for a time and for a season, the one we are in now. Although I am well aware that some of what is said here will offend some people, I want you to know that I am not trying to offend anyone. I am just being obedient to my God and your God, to my Lord and your Lord. Furthermore, perhaps I have been equipped, at least to some degree, to deliver this word. You see, I have been brought up throughout my Christian life through many of these movements and churches. I have embraced and learned much in the process. I have also wondered often why I had been brought up with so many of these Christian, Christian denominations, churches, and movements. Well, perhaps it was for such a time as this. May you be blessed and sanctified as I read to you these words. And before I begin, I'll have a drink of water. So, <clears throat> what is Jesus saying to the seven churches of America and the West? I will begin now. Hear what my spirit is saying to the seven churches of America. If you heed my word, it will bring about two things. Number one, repentance of my people as a whole. After this message, not one single believer will be able to say, this word was not for me. There is something in this word for every single believer in America and the Western Church. It is meant to enlighten my people, but also to bring about repentance and a shift in the spirit. I desire my bride to be cleansed, sanctified, and made ready in this hour of great shaking. Only a repentant and sanctified church will be a blessing to America and the rest of the world in this hour. Therefore, do not shun my loving discipline as it will bring forth much fruit. Number two, it is meant to bring unity of my body. The hour is coming and it is here now. The accuser of the brethren is hard at work toiling day and night, for he knows more than ever that he has but a short time. For this reason, my church cannot be divided in this hour. You must understand that just as a government has many different ministries, ministry of defense, ministry of justice, ministry of education, ministry of agriculture, etc., so does my kingdom my government have many different ministries and movements. 
My church has a main enemy, the accuser of the brethren, Satan, the devil. He is your enemy and mine. But some, of, but some of you have done the deeds and works of the devil by becoming yourselves accusers of the brethren and have thus brought division within my body through pride, puffed up knowledge, and self-righteousness. A house divided against itself cannot stand. And I require you to stand in this hour, my beloved church. You wouldn't see in any government the Ministry of Defense coming against the Ministry of Education or the Ministry of Agriculture coming against the Ministry of Justice, would you? No, you wouldn't. They all work together to form a whole. So it is with my kingdom. It is comprised of many different movements, departments, and yes, they form many layers of truth. These all work together bringing many different moves of God and fields of understanding to bless the body as a whole. In the same way also, there are many different specialists in medicine, neurosurgeons, ophthalmologists, orthopedic surgeons, pediatric doctors, cardiologists, etc. So it is that there are many different specialists in my church. It is written in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 16. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the, slay, the slight slay of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Also, within these five main spiritual gifts, which were coined five full ministry gifts, there are different talents, giftings, and anointings, which brings all the cells, nerve endings, muscles, and sinews of my body to its perfect fullness and operating capacity. The different giftings, lanes, and, and anointings all emanate from me. Even within, even within the giftings of the Holy Spirit, there are many sub-gracelets or anointings which operate within my body. Just consider the gift of prophecy. Some express it as seers, some as watchmen, some as givers of words, and some as prophetic writers. Some even use art and poetry to express the spirit of prophecy, and so on. Within the gift of teaching, also, some specialize about the end times, some specialize verse by verse, some teach by topic. Some teach about deliverance, others demonology. Some teach about the occult, some teach about marriage or relationships, etc. All of those teachers operate in the body, for the body, and from me. My spirit always operates through all the unique personalities and predispositions of my children, giving them unique expressions through their gifting. This mosaic of truth is beautiful to me. But unfortunately, this mosaic has been interpreted and often misunderstood by many as being divisions within my body. This is why there are so many denominations and doctrinal disagreements. Everybody thinks they have the whole piece, the whole pie of truth. And yet, they hold only a piece of my pie, 
and a small one at that. It takes humility to understand this. And so it is now that I need to address the seven churches in America and the West for this crucial hour. I have a drink. Why America? Why America? Because at this time, I have chosen the church in America and appointed it to ignite a mighty worldwide revival. But it will come at a price. This is what I spoke of in Matthew 24, 14, when I told my disciples, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Yes, soon the world will fall into my hands. But before this can happen, the church must be cleansed, purified, brought together and strengthened in order to preach the gospel of the kingdom to all nations more effectively. Yes, there is going to be judgment in this hour, and it begins with my church, the house of God. My beloved bride is my main concern. And so listen and take heed to what the Spirit says to the seven churches of America and the West at this time. Number one, to the Protestant and Evangelical Church. Here is what I have for you. You seek to honor me, and your intentions are righteous. For decades, you have opposed liberalism, which hasn't been easy, especially now. You sought to preserve traditional family values. You have honored marriage and taught others to do so. You have valiantly opposed the many who oppose me. You have fought for the defenseless children slaughtered in the womb. You love the little children and fight for those who cannot fight for themselves. Also, your zeal and patriotism have made you strong. For a long time, you have stood with the founding fathers of America and you still look to your fathers in this hour. It is through your initial toil, sweat, and tears that America became great. You were my beloved pioneer church. You have shown great love for your country, for my word, and have expended great effort and resources to spread the gospel of salvation in your own, in your own land and abroad. Yes, you have supported many missions. For a long time, you were as a shining light upon a hill. It was through your light that other nations perceived America and my goodness. For the longest time, the whole world saw that it was you who made America great, strong, free, and good. But here is what I have against you. What you accused the Roman Catholic Church of, you have yourself repeated. You, the Protestant Church, have become traditionalistic, Pharisaic, haughty, and have thus fallen into the same sins you once protested against, those of the Catholic Church. Through pride, you have laid aside the commandments of God and have instead embraced the traditions of men, your traditions, teaching your own doctrines as the commandments of God. You have also forsaken my feasts for your own. You have promoted pagan holidays instead of my holy convocations of old. Furthermore, you say you love my word, yes, but you tend to worship the book rather than its author. You have made your own doctrines to rule over you instead of my Holy Spirit. You have thus grieved and quenched my Holy Spirit, which is why I have left many of your assemblies, 
which are now dry and barren landscapes. Your idol is your own interpretation and understanding of my word, your doctrines, the doctrines of men. As a result, through pride, you have set yourself up as an accuser of those brethren whose understanding is experiential. In doing so, you have often cursed my anointed ones. Also, your recent complacency and previous unholy political alliances have contributed to America's decline. Repent and begin again to yield to my Holy Spirit, for I speak loudly and abundantly and abundantly in this season. Get back to the zeal and passion of your pioneering days. Haven't you heard? I still lead my prophets to speak. I can still heal. I can still cast out demons. I can still raise the dead. I have given my church great power, but I only show up where there is faith. So I ask you, where is your faith? My Holy Spirit will bring you into all truth, and you must be willing to yield and follow no matter, he, no matter where he will lead you. Do this, and I will commend you. Do this, and you will once again bear much fruit. Number two, to the Roman Catholic Church. Here is the only thing I have for you. I have a remnant still within your gates. Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins and lest you receive of her plagues. Here is what I have against you. For centuries now, you have been swayed by Satan. You have committed adultery with him and become his bride. You have kneeled before him to gain access to the kingdoms of this world. You have polluted yourself through riches. You have kept secrets inside your gates, the Vatican. You have kept the truth captive and secret. You have taken away the key to knowledge. You didn't go in yourselves, and you hindered those who were trying to get in. You sit yourself highly and proudly as an exalted queen, but you are destitute, lowly, naked, and full of abominations. Yours is the house of the serpents and the scorpions. But here is the greatest thing I have against you. You have abused of my children through all wickedness and all sorts of evils and abominations. I will put a mill around your neck and cast you down into the pit. Your hour has come. Your judgment is at the door and I will make you naked before the whole world. Your sin will be revealed and your fall will be great. You have made a mockery of who I am and brought shame to my holy name. You have dishonored me and I will dishonor you. You are a dead church, a whited sepulcher. Because of what lies ahead, I cannot afford to have dead churches exist and you have been dead for centuries. Therefore, I will shame you before the whole world. Oh, how long from times past I had hoped that you would repent, but you didn't. You have been weighed and found wanting. Your days are numbered. Quickly, come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins and lest you receive of her plagues. Number three, to the prophetic movement. Here is what I have for you. You are a young movement, and I have been grooming you for this hour. You have pioneered and spearheaded a revival in difficult times. You thrive in the fact that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every rima, rima word 
that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You seek my face and my guidance continuously in this hour. You have gently reproved your accusers, who have been many. You have turned the other cheek often and have thus shown great meekness. I know it hasn't been easy. You have shown grace and openness to the many who seek me in this hour, and as a result, many, and as a result, many have found me. You have brought back many of my signs and wonders to the forefront and have thus greatly impacted many hearts. You have confronted the orphan spirit, and many uh, you have confronted the orphan spirit of many and brought them back as sons to me. You have brought back many prodigals. Because of you, many now eagerly cry out to me, Abba, Father, and I answer them. But here is what I have against you. You have neglected my knowledge and in the process lost discernment. You have embraced the words of my mouth, my rima, but neglected my written word, my logos. Don't you know that my rima and my logos are from the same source? I change not and neither does my word. And thus, wanting to show yourself overly spiritual and anointed, you have fallen prey to seducing spirits, witchcraft practitioners, and divination. You have also you also gave way to a cult of angels, which has deceived many. Just as a youth, you have become swayed by your own emotions and feelings, rather than anchored yourself in my timeless truths, wisdom, and discernment. Yes, I am doing a new thing, but I change not. What I approved yesterday, I still approve. What I condemned yesterday, I still condemn. Do not be like the wicked generation which seeks a sign. Many have been deceived this way. Furthermore, you have developed a fear of man, seeking approval and fearing to offend. I ask you, did I fear to offend religious leaders? Did John the Baptist fear to offend Herod? And what about Elijah? By fearing to offend, many among you have sought to embellish my words and thus have changed them. And yet I say to those, do not fear men, fear me. Do not seek to be popular with men. Speak my words as I give them. I will speak many things in this season that will upset and trouble the souls of men. These words are needed. If you seek to please men, you will, seek, you will cease to please me. I have brought you up for such a time as this, a time of great revival. Speak my word, whether it is uplifting or distressful, whether they listen or fail to listen whether in season or out of season, and you will be greatly blessed and honored. Number four. To the charismatic and word of fate movement. Here is what I have for you. For decades, you have relentlessly taught faith to the many who needed eyes to see. You have also rectified my people's views concerning wealth. You have taught them that poverty is no virtue and that I do indeed desire to see my, people's, my people prosper. You have strengthened my people in faith through the understanding of their kingdom authority and their dominion. You have also taught them that the Father is good all the time. You have helped many to seek the kingdom first. You have healed many, 
You have cast out many demons in my name and have shewed great wonders for all to see, all in my name. But here is what I have against you. You have taught financial gain to a fault where people seek me to be blessed instead of seeking me because I have the words of eternal life. Some of your shepherds have become lovers of money and have thus become false shepherds. Your opulence has erroneously been misunderstood by the ignorant as sure evidence of my favor. In your greed, you have filled your coffers and not given enough back, committing the sin of Ananias and Sapphira. You have disguised your love of money with religiosity and a false concern for others. Don't you know that you cannot serve God and mammon? As a result, there are now many false teachers within your gates. These false shepherds within your gates, who have mercilessly fleeced my sheep, will be exposed in this hour. All will know of their deceit. I will expose them to their shame. Repent of your sin, so that I may walk so that I may wash you and cleanse you once more in this hour and for my purposes. Forsake worldliness and return to me wholeheartedly. Return to me with a hunger and thirst for righteousness. If you once again model, model holy reverence, faith, and a pure heart, I will exalt you. Number five, to the fringe Christianity movement. Other words for this movement, the Christian conspiracy theorists, Hebrew roots movements, and Christian truthers. Here is what I have for you. You are a light in the darkness. You are brave and zealous for me, for my word and for truth. You have sought the truth fearlessly and passionately, following it no matter where it would lead you and no matter what stood in your way. When you found it, you stood on it, boldly pro proclaiming unpopular truths in the face of ridicule, enmity, and even hostility. You cling to my word and have not wavered. Like the Bereans, you have been diligent in searching and studying scriptures to show yourself approved. Through your diligence and resistance to erroneous dogma and established consensus, you have uncovered and brought to light many deceptions that stood for a long time, even among those who profess my name. Many have turned and repented because of the truths you have exposed and championed. But here is, here is what I have against you. You have sought knowledge to a fault. In the process, you have stopped searching for me, my will, and my ways in all things, and thus elevated knowledge, gnosis, to that of an idol. The same attitude you condemned in the elites you so valiantly exposed, you have yourself embraced. You have pursued and even deified knowledge for its own sake. You have become haughty, haughty that you know secrets and truths that others don't. Your knowledge has puffed you up to the point where, you, where your love of the many has grown cold. Knowledge without charity only makes you noisy, like a, like a clinging symbol and amounts to nothing. Have you not understood that people will not care how much you know until they know how much you care? My blood wasn't shed to spread knowledge, but rather grace and forgiveness for those who would repent. You should have, 
you should have championed grace and mercy without neglecting truth and justice. You have sought heresies more than lost sheep. You seek to know more than to love. As you know, I gave my life as a ransom for many. Remember them, my sheep, no matter how lost they may be. Remember how to love them first and then show them the truth in love. Repent and prioritize the most excellent way, which is love, and I will come to sup with you. Number six, to the out-of-church believers and the online churches. Here is what I have for you. You have heard my still, small voice calling you out. In the face of uncertainty, uncertainty and amidst strict criticism, you have followed me in the wilderness where I was to feed you for a time. Like Abraham, you left it all behind to follow me. You have seen the need to get out from under dogma, tradition, and religion to seek me. And you sought me with all your heart, and you withstood the criticism of those still within the four walls of churches. You have stood alone in the desert for months, even years. You have depended on me and the manna that I only could provide. And you found me. And yes, you thrived. Like Elijah and Israel in the, in the wilderness, I fed you with heavenly foods, even with the assistance of angels. You have lacked nothing. I rekindled you with fresh oil and fresh fire, for this hour. It is for such a time as this that I equipped you in the wilderness. Like my people of old, like Moses, like Elijah, like John the Baptist, you now possess something very needed for my people, something that could only be birthed in the wilderness alone with me. Like me, you also hate the spirit of religion. And like me, you are called to do something about it. In this hour, you will oppose it to bring my people out from under its yoke. You will serve to set my people free from its bondage in this hour. Many among you are my remnant in America and the world. But here is what I have against you. Yes, you were called out, but you have been neglecting the assembling of yourselves completely. Where just two or three are gathered, there I am in their midst, or have you forgotten? You have often neglected even that small a number. In many ways, you have become a hermit church and cut yourself off. You have become cynical and judgmental of those who faithfully assemble, judging them haughtily. The desert was a place of, humili of humiliation and equipping, and you have made it into your ivory tower. You have committed the sin of Jonah. You have become reticent to go back and re-enter the fold, and yet this is what I called you out for. For this time and this hour, why are you tardy in re-entering the fold to bring new fire? It's not about you. It was never about you. Your brethren await. They need your fresh oil and fresh fire. They too need to be ignited. The time is now. Today is their day of visitation and favor. 
and I chose you to usher it in. Repent from your procrastination. Complete your calling, and I will reward you. Number seven, to the missions church. Here is what I have for you. You have gone into all the world to preach the mighty salvation I bring. Come what may, and no matter the sacrifice, you have done so. Leaving behind family, country, comfort, and familiarity, you have gone forth. Your obedience is second to none. Many have come to know me because of your faithfulness, courage, humility, and love. You have diligently translated my word for many peoples to understand it. You love my great commission and took it to heart. You are brave, obedient, and faithful. You have applied my mandate to go and preach the gospel. You are my helping hands and feet, and you show my loving heart to the poor, the helpless, and peoples of all nations. For this reason, your impact has been great in the earth. But here is what I have against you. You have neglected to understand my full gospel, the gospel of the kingdom. As a result, you have preached mostly the message of salvation to people, and ever since, many have been limping in my kingdom as a result. You have made many converts, yes, but few strong disciples. You have made many proselytes, but few kingdom expanders. You yourself have been limping. You have struggled financially because of your lack of knowledge about my Father's kingdom. Yes, I have given you the gift of voluntary poverty. This was done to help you navigate trying seasons, as they were sure to come. But you have made it into a life calling. I am not glorified and I do not take pleasure in my servants being poor. Too often you have acted like a beggar, relying on handouts when you belong to the king. And yet, have I ever withheld from you the ability to create wealth? You have neglected my vision for you. You have equated poverty with humility and thought it to be, quote, the lot of missions. Besides, who told you that you were poor? The devil is a liar. Truthfully, I tell you, you have let the spirit of poverty seduce you. By faith, you were willing to travel thousands of miles across the earth and yet often hesitate to trot off the beaten paths of religiosity. I want you to keep up your faith, your obedience, your good works, and your charity, but add to it the knowledge of my kingdom. Its preaching is needed to speed up my return. This gospel of the kingdom, the full gospel, shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. Forsake the spirit of poverty. Forsake religiosity. Seek my kingdom first and its righteousness, and all your needs will be met with glory by my providence. Since I love you, I will go for you to, uh, I will, since I love you, I will for you to lack nothing. I will to speedily work revival through my gospel all over the world. Never forget, I delight in the prosperity of my servants. Therefore, in this hour, the wealth of the wicked will be transferred to you to further spread my gospel of the kingdom. Use it wisely. Hear what the Spirit is saying to my people scattered throughout the seven churches and movements of America.
Sprinkle your contrition with expectant joy. Prepare and look up, for behold, I come quickly. So I've just shared to you this lengthy and uh, very important word to the seven churches of America. And um, if this word has impacted you, make sure you share it with others as well. If you want to read this word, you can find it at thrivingonpurpose.com. Just type in the search bar to the seven churches of America and you will find it there. Uh, I will put the link in the comments so that you can find it easier. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, make sure you share it because I feel it is an urgent message and I feel that everybody needs to hear this message. But of course, you will be the judge of that. Uh, I hope the message has blessed you. Be blessed and thrive on. I will see, see you next week for the Thriving on Purpose broadcast. God bless you.